From the University of Notre Dame, this is With a Side of Knowledge. I'm your host, Ted Fox. The idea behind this show is pretty simple. A university campus is a destination for all kinds of interesting people, representing all kinds of research specialties and fields of expertise. So why not invite some of these folks out to brunch? Yes, I said brunch, where we'll have an informal conversation about their work, and then I'll turn those brunches into a podcast. It's a tough job, but somebody has to do it. Patrick Vassell is Associate and Supervising Director for Hamilton, the mega-hit hip-hop musical about America's founding that first took Broadway and then the entire country by storm. A Notre Dame alum who majored in political science and minored in the Hesburgh program in public service, he was back on campus during commencement weekend to address the graduates of those two programs. Patrick and I talked about what else? The making of Hamilton, from creator Lin-Manuel Miranda's songwriting in the early days of the production, to everything that goes into keeping this cultural phenomenon the show it was intended to be. Along the way, we also discussed how there was more than one all-star member of the class of 2003 at Akron's St. Vincent St. Mary High School. I promise that will make sense in about a half an hour. So, Patrick Vassell, welcome to With a Side of Knowledge. Thank you. I'm I, thrilled to be here. What is it to you, in your opinion, because obviously tons of ink has been spilled writing about Hamilton, to you, what is it that has made this show such a phenomenon that sets it apart from so many other great works that are on on Broadway. Uh, oh, diving right in with the big, the big Hamilton question. All right, um, you could ask me that question, you know, every day for the next for a very long time, and I could I could give you a different answer, and I think they'd all be true. I, um, you know, our director, my my boss, Tommy Kale. You know, at, at at one point early on in the in in the madness of the move to Broadway and the you know people outside for the lottery, um, you know he used a phrase that that I often think of that you know for you know for whatever reason combination of reasons this particular story turned out to be one that that people were hungry for um, in a way that we didn't anticipate. Um, uh, I think that that's still true. It's a, we keep finding as we we now have tours crossing the country and, and, and reaching more and more people who are only all the more eager and excited to to experience it. The, to answer the question, I, I, I think one answer that, that comes to mind is the way that Lynn wrote it has an enormous amount of generosity in it. Um, he wrote the best songs for people that would not be him. Um, and and uh, there's so much in the writing of the show that, that just has this remarkable generosity of spirit and in addition to being you know a brilliant work of art that in my experience part of what what was and is thrilling to work on the show is to watch all these other artists then come to it and say well if Lynn wrote that what can I what can my lighting design be what can my costume design be what can I do on stage what can we do you know on the directing team what um, you know it really the you know the the initial inspiration, you know, and the, and and I think that that that's so much of the feeling that the show generates is well, if that can exist, right. what can what can I do? What am I doing? And and really, you know, in a very meta way, that ties back to the very narrative of the story of 
just how improbable the journey of this kid, you know, this teenager growing up in the Caribbean who somehow by, by the force of his talent and his words and, 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 um, and his will ends up, you know, right in the middle of revolution and, and shaping this, this nation. If he can do that, what, what can we do? You know, in so many ways, that's, that's, I think the, the impact of the show. And I think what, um, what went into the making of it and, and I think is also so much of what, what people respond to when they see it. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, you, you joined the show at a pretty early stage. I mean, it was still in workshops at the point when you joined it. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, now we look Hamilton now, it's ubiquitous and we look at it and it's this big thing, but it wasn't always this big thing. It started as someone's idea and then it's being workshop and it's being worked out what it's going to look like. What were those early days of being part of the show? What what was that like? <laughs> um, it was thrilling, and and to be to be totally honest, for me, it it was definitely overwhelming. Most mm-hmm. most days of those most of those early days, I were, my perspective was the like you know. The, the water was very high. I, I was. I think yeah. I needed a straw most days to um, to to breathe. Um, and part of that too was because I joined the first time that we put anything up on its feet, um, which was which was early. So this this was there had been some music workshops. There had been a concert at Lincoln Center, um, and you know in the as we look at it now, that yes, that was relatively early in the process, but. It was not early in the writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lynn had already been writing it for at least five, maybe six years at the time that I joined. Um, and so that's part of why the water felt high, was that there were a lot of people in the room, you know, Tommy and, and Alex Nakamura, our music um, supervisor, and Andy Blankenbuehler, um, and Stephanie Clemens, his associate. There were a lot of them that, that had been talking about it for long right. before I got there. So there were a lot of things I was just I was still figuring out and processing that they were like yeah 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 no we we, we know how that's going to work yeah. we know how that's what that's going to be like um, and so you know it was a lot of me really leaning on why I was hired why I was there the things that I'm good at um, and uh, and it was uh, you know it was it was a total thrill to because you know the moments that that I first heard those demos that I first heard that music. It was well. This is brilliant. Don't know what it's going to look like on stage. Don't know how you know. Like we, none of us knew exactly how that was going to come together. But we knew the music was brilliant. Um, so the you know that was that was really the what was thrilling was you know well, well how can we what's that going to look like how's that going to work mm-hmm. um, in addition to, to being you know the the, the real privilege and, and, and honor of being so um, so close to watching that creative team work together. Right. So, so Lynn and Andy and Tommy and Alex, you know, day after day, you know, whether it was staying late after a rehearsal or it was getting in the next morning, they'd go in a room, they'd have 10 things to solve. They'd come out with three answers and then we'd move on, you know, like, right. and that, that's how we worked. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's the other thing that I guess <laughs> I was saying the the thrill, honor and privilege and, and hearing Tommy Kale make fun of me, um, for, for saying any of that. But, um, <laughs> Because it, it was work, you know, and that, that was the other real lesson for me of the experience was putting together Hamilton felt very similar to when I did my high school musical, when I did, you know, shows here at Notre Dame. It, you know, 
you have to figure out where the people are going to go and what they're going to wear and what they're going to say and how they're going to say it, just like any other show. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's 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 how it worked. It, I just it's interesting hearing you talk a little back there just about how much the music stood out right away because I I think my introduction to the show was Jenny showing me the YouTube clip of Lin-Manuel Miranda and was it Tommy that was playing the piano for him or was that it was, uh, Alex, Alex, yeah, Alex Hockmore, at yeah. the White House with President Obama and I've heard Lynn talk about this since then of like in that room at the beginning everyone saying oh the, almost like reacting to almost like a parody it's a little bit of a joke yep. and they hit that second verse and it's oh my gosh like there's something huge here and it, so I I think anyone who comes to this show, it's that initial exposure. You hear one of these songs, and it's, it's in some ways, is unlike anything I've ever heard before. Yeah, which I think is probably part of the part of the genius of it. Absolutely, no, and I mean, like the the best, um, you know, the, the 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 again, I'll I'll, I'll continue to quote uh, to quote Tommy when, whenever in doubt. But um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that he said all along was, "This thing shouldn't exist, but it does. <laughs> it doesn't make it's it's a terrible idea on paper." And, and and yet there it is, you know, and and um, and that's um, that's that's another thing that I think is is something that people respond to is um, it, it's uh, it's an incredible story. Um, it, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. And Lynn shouldn't have written it, and it shouldn't have worked. But but here we are. So. And like you said, very meta with Alexander Hamilton. Right, that, right. That shouldn't have happened for him either. Exactly. Taking a step back from Hamilton specifically for a minute, I. How does the process for someone like me, and I assume a lot of people who don't know a lot about how Broadway and how musicals work, what is that gauntlet that a show has to go through from kind of, and you've alluded to it a little bit talking about how long he was working on this, but from the conceptual stage to it actually making it to the big stage on Broadway? Because it seems like there are a lot of milestones and checkpoints you have to cross to make it all the way, just to even be, I, I don't want to disparage anything as an average Broadway show, but just to be a Broadway show that isn't Hamilton and doesn't redefine the genre just to get to Broadway seems like an incredibly arduous journey. Yes, uh, it can be. It, it, it really depends. Every show is different. Um, and um, it, it, look, musical theater is an incredibly difficult art form. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's a thing that people often forget. Um, but, you know, for, for, for all the talk of this shouldn't work or this shouldn't exist, but it does, you could a little bit say that about most musicals. <laughs> we're, we're going to tell a story. Right. Sometimes we're going to sing, but not all the time. <laughs> right. And, you know, like, when you actually break it down, it's like, wow, like, this is... People think about Broadway and people think about, you know, classic shows, uh, you know, whether it's West Side Story or Rent or The Lion King or whatever it is, and we take it for granted that people love that. It it doesn't really like the logic of of the of of the art form is is shaky. Don't look at it too closely. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Right. right. Um, and so so creating a new work of musical theater is an enormously difficult task, and and it takes a long time. It also takes a lot of people. Is the other thing, and that's that's you know when we think about an arduous journey to Broadway, that's what comes to mind is that it it takes a lot of people and it takes a lot of resources. So you know in the early days, it's going to be the writers doing it for free for nothing for a long time they're just going to have to write songs or write a script eventually get to a place that a producer or an investor or Mm -hmm. someone with money will will you know encourage them by either you know buying the option on it or 
Um, did you want to order right now? Uh, sure. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. I'll, I'll remember where you were right okay. in the train of okay, thought, great. so okay. I will pick it back up All right. seamlessly. All right. We'll pick up. Cool. Back when Patrick was a student at Notre Dame, he was chair of the Student Union Board, a group for which my wife, Jenny, served as the advisor. Several years after he graduated, we were having brunch with him. At the very restaurant this episode was recorded, in fact. And he told us about this hip-hop musical about Alexander Hamilton that he had just joined. He wasn't sure what it would become, but he loved the idea. Turns out, he wasn't the only one. Yep. You're talking about, you know, the writers starting out, you're doing these things, you're writing a script, you're writing songs for free, you hope that maybe at some point you're going to attract a producer, attract an investor, kind of get this thing some legs and start moving forward. Right, because at a certain point then, you know, yes, you can make demos in GarageBand by yourself, and, and Lynn did, um, but eventually you're going to want to, you know, lay down some tracks and, and, you know, have, you know, again, like having more people involved. So whether that's a director, choreographer, music director, um, and then, you know, it really becomes about the development process of, and, and every show is different. Some, you know, some shows are going to need... 10 years. Some shows are going to need, you know, five years. Most shows are going to need at least a few years. Mm-hmm. And, and every time, you know, what, what typically happens is you do go from like, you know, an initial, some sort of workshop and maybe it's just the songs. And, and that was, that was the true for Hamilton was that the first couple of times that they tried anything out, they just, they didn't worry about staging. It was just music. And, is, and that's in front of an audience. Uh, eventually. Oh, eventually. But it, okay. Usually like a, a, a small, like kind of friends and family, like <laughs> okay. invited. It's sure. not, not usually a sure. very public thing. Sure. Um, now sometimes you may, you may do a more public thing, you know, uh, as a little bit of a writing deadline for Lynn, Tommy and Lynn sure. um, did a concert at Lincoln Center, and so the concert at Lincoln Center was a, a deadline for let's let's try to write some songs. It wasn't all Hamilton material, but um, at the concert, but it gave Lynn a chance to try to try mm-hmm. some things out. Um, and then you know it really it, it becomes about having a team of you know a really smart producer and a creative team that knows what the show needs mm-hmm. um, because. It, it can be tempting and, and, and you know it often happens to to take what feels like a great idea and, and try to rush it to Broadway you know before it's actually ready um, and and you only get you only get one swing you know so so um, you know if it doesn't work on Broadway it's not coming back next season so um, it takes you know that's that's a lot of why it takes a long time and that's you know shows will go out of town so they'll They'll maybe premiere in Chicago, or they'll premiere in San Diego, or somewhere where the the creative team can try it out, keep on working on it, um, you know, before it comes into Broadway, and and that game is is uh, is a, a tricky one of of real estate. There's only so many Broadway houses. Um, a lot of them are taken up by long running shows. Producer or the 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 landlords of those theaters want to bring in shows that are going to succeed. So there's a lot of kind of uh, conversations and, and, and kind of politics around what do they think is going to, to run, um, what's what's going to really you know fill their, their theaters. So a lot of shows actually will get to a point where they've been developed, they've been out of town, they're ready to go, and they're just waiting for a theater. Yeah. They're just waiting for the right theater to, mm-hmm. to open up. And that's another thing is the right theater. You know, we, we always wanted to be in the Richard Rogers, and, you know, we're really grateful to be there. It, it's the perfect venue for our show. Um... A lot of shows, you know, end up in, you know, the Broadway, which is mm-hmm. a huge house. So if mm-hmm. it's not a huge show, right, that's tricky. What made the Richard Rogers perfect for Hamilton? So uh, both 
kind of logistics and history. So mm-hmm. the history uh, of the team, um, the, the Rogers is where In the Heights premiered and, and sure. ran, and so um, you know everyone knew the crew there. They knew you know they the building just felt like it, it kind of was was home for the creative team in, in a in a really powerful way. And the Rogers is this really magical space. It's it's about thirteen hundred seats. It does not feel like that. You never feel like you're very far from 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 the stage uh, because you really aren't. If you're if you're standing in the front row, you can reach up and you can touch it. It's right there. Right. Um, and that that intimacy, you know, felt like you know very much what we wanted to to achieve and preserve. You know, from our beginnings at the Public Theater, which is two ninety nine, um, and you know is 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 quite intimate. Um, and and all of a piece with our our kind of narrative goal of mm-hmm. taking these historical figures. Getting them off the pedestals, really putting them on the ground, you know, making them feel like people that are, are walking the earth. Mm-hmm. That was that was the goal all along. So we walked through that process for a musical in general. So now turning back to Hamilton, was there a moment, either when you were still in workshops, when it was off Broadway at the public theater, when it was on Broadway, where you had kind of that moment of taking a step back and saying, not just this is going to win the Tony or this is going to win 11 Tonys, but this is going to be something that defines an entire generation of musical theater. Like, this thing is even bigger than anything we thought of when we were excited about it creatively. Like, Sure. I mean, there's a few. Uh, yeah. the, you know, the, the moment when we, we, we extended at the public theater... And Oscar Eustace, the artistic director, the, the day that we put the extension on sale, came down to rehearsal to let us know that that we had we had broken both their website and their phone system, and that was a little bit like, oh, okay, great. There's some interest. Yep, noted. Um, you know, the, the first preview on on Broadway, um, where you know that was our first lottery, and and you know, I forget what the crowd count was, but it was it was something like 1,500 people, you know, mm-hmm. just on 46th Street. Um, that was, was like oh, okay they're 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 ready for us, um, and then you know that whole first year it was every month there was something mm-hmm. um, you know from from the president is coming to the president is coming back to the you know to um, there there were there were so many moments um, that that were um, that were like that but the, the truth of the matter is that they they all feel very fleeting in my mind because. Tommy did an amazing job and, and the whole team did an amazing job of we we had to come in and do the work mm-hmm. that was never not true and um, and that was always the that was always the vibe that was always the you know we acknowledged it you know it, absolutely like it was it was impossible to ignore um, and again we tried to meet it with with gratitude and with um, with a real spirit of inclusion, that's where the Ham for Ham shows came from. It started that first day where it was like, right. "There's all these people. You gotta go say thanks. Like you gotta right. go say hi." And then it's like, "All right, well, what can we do tomorrow? Because mm-hmm. there's gonna be there's gonna be a whole lot of them, you know, coming back. And most of them aren't gonna get tickets. exactly, exactly. Right. And and, right. and as Lynn put it, we you know we do not want to send you know 1,500 angry people back out in the streets of New York. Right. Like it's the last <laughs> thing New York City needs. Um, and so, you know, what can we give them that, that they can at least walk away if they didn't win the lottery with, oh, well, I got to see, you know, David, or I got to see, you know, Lynn. Um, and so... And they would actually perform out right. in front of the theater. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Oh, and we did all kinds of things. You know, we did... Our stage manager called, you know, called cues from the show so that you could see what that's like. You know, we had, you know, the dancers doing their, you know, audition choreography or... Um, Oak did his Mickey Mouse voice. Like, it was all, you know, all, all different things. And 
we invited other performers from other Broadway shows to come and perform. And so, you know, we really were able to, to create a nice sense of community uh, in, in that as well because we were so so happy to be there and, and mm-hmm. so lucky to be alongside so many other amazing performers and shows, you know, in the same neighborhood. So, um, so yeah, there, there were... There were lots of moments that felt like, you know, uh, historic and, and enormous um, in, in many ways. But but we always knew that you know we had we had work to do, and yeah. so that was that was always the focus. So speaking of of the work, your title is associate and supervising director, and I'm wondering what exactly that means. What do you when you get up? People go see Hamilton one time, and that's the thing. Like I went to see it. It's your day in and day out. So what do you do each day when you go to work? Great question. <laughs> um, I hope I hope my family and friends are listening because I think they wonder this all the time. Um, I So the job has changed a lot. It, to be an associate director on, on a show, um, the, the shortest answer is it's whatever the director needs. And every director is different. For Tommy and, and with Hamilton, it, it was... The job is essentially really, you know, absolutely being at his right hand for whatever, you know, may come up or, or be needed. Tommy's very hands-on. He's very involved. That was true at the beginning. It's true now. He and I are constantly communicating. Um, but when we were making the thing, it was a lot of um, tracking information. So both, like, actually recording the staging as we're creating it so that, you know, a, f- a few days from now we can say, what was that? You know, where did we go? What number were we on? Um, in addition to a lot of like, you know, a lot of tracking of, hey, let's pay attention to this or remind me about that mm-hmm. or I think that's going to be a problem. Like, let's make sure that we talk about that. Like, it's a lot of, of those kinds of things. Um, and then, you know, the real like where things get, you know, you really, you know, hit hit the ground running is when you actually get into tech and previews because when you're in the rehearsal room, it's just the creative team and the cast and, and you know, the music team. Once you get into the theater, now you're adding all the design teams, you're adding everyone in the theater, you're adding the crew, you're, you know, it's a lot more people. And what that means is that, you know, the director just simply cannot talk to all those people and all those people need to talk to the director. So it's a lot of dividing and conquering. So, um, you know, and, and that would change every day. Tommy would say, hey, I really need to talk to David Corrins, our set designer. Can you just go through all the notes with Howell, our lighting designer, and, and, and let me know how it goes, let me know if you need me. Um, or... Um, you know, 18 different versions of that. Then you start previews and previews are an invaluable time where you're getting to do the show at night for an audience, but then come in and rehearse the next day and make changes and adjustments mm-hmm. and, and fixes. And, um, you know, Lynn was rewriting and we were changing staging and that's really intense because that's me sitting next to Tommy in the dark, watching the show. He's whispering notes. I'm feverishly writing them. <laughs> I go home and translate them into, into something that people understand and then the next day, not only do I have notes for every department from Tommy, I have notes for every actor from Tommy. Mm-hmm. So that's really where we're, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of like, hey, you go talk to Lynn, I got to go talk to Leslie, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of that. Now that we have many companies of this of this production of this show, um, my job is much more casting and auditions. So I'm in auditions almost every week because we are always looking. People are always coming and going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we have a team of resident directors, so there's a resident director for every company of Hamilton that I talk to almost every day mm-hmm. uh, about how understudy rehearsals are going, about how the show is, is doing, about how you know what's happening in the building. Um, there's always always things to discuss and, and, and to talk about. 
Uh, I work really closely with our production supervisor, Jason Bassett, and our um, associate choreographer. So our associate and supervising choreographer is Stephanie Clemens. And Jason was our stage manager on Broadway. Stephanie has been with the show since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a really rewarding part for me is that mm-hmm. it feels like we're still all mm-hmm. making the thing. Um, and then I, I do travel to each company every four to six weeks to watch the show, share my thoughts, you know, be able to support and check in. Um, kind of however I'm needed. Um, and we're still adding companies. So we're, we're getting ready for the, the Ann Peggy company, which will start rehearsals this fall, do three weeks in Puerto Rico with Lynn playing the part next January, and then head to San Francisco after that. So um, that's been ongoing is, you know, kind of on six month cycles here, we've yeah. been putting up new companies. Um, and that's where a lot of my, my energy yeah. goes. Long answer, sorry. No, that was a great answer. I mean, yeah. no, I think you explained it very well, so I hope your your family was listening. That was a great <laughs> explanation. I know in the last year, you direct, here at Notre Dame, you directed Soren, the Notre Dame story, um, which premiered here and has played around the country. And I'm wondering what other, and you know, Hamilton is your day job. I mean, it's a cool day job, but it's yeah. your day job. What other projects are you working on now as a writer, as a director? Because I know you have a lot of different things that you're interested in. Soren was great last year. I also directed a show um, that we did in the East Village, kind of off-off-Broadway with my theater. Uh, I'm part of a theater company called Ten Bones um, Theater Company in New York. Um, and we did this play by my friend Pete McGalligate called In a Little Room, um, which had like about a three-week run. Um, it was right after Soren premiered. Um, and that was a... You know, with both of those shows, it was those experiences were great and it was part of why I wanted to do them because Hamilton is this enormous enormous show uh, in all ways mm-hmm. and Soren is a one man show mm-hmm. in a little room had three people <laughs> in, in one location um, no music and so the chance to really you know be going between worlds in that way was really thrilling um, I had the chance last year to, to do a writing residency at the Sheen Center in New York City um, to write and develop uh, a play about a lot of things, but kind of grappling with, you know, I grew up in the Midwest as a Notre Dame fan, you know, going to football games and the last few years of, you know, concussion research and um, college, ath- you know, college athletics and sexual assault. And uh, there, there's so many things that I feel like have been swirling. I wanted to try to, to write something about it. And so I wrote this play called The Forward Pass. Uh, I need to rewrite that play, and I think it's it's going to be very different. Um, and uh, a couple of you know, Pete, who wrote in a little room, has several other scripts that, that he and I are always talking about. Um, I have a friend that I've, we've been working on a uh, what what right now is a very contemporary Black Lives Matter musical mm-hmm. um, that I'm excited about. So lots of you know, those meetings and those conversations, again, like I mentioned before, you know, musicals take a long time, you know, so so do plays. So it's a lot of, you know, send me that script. Here are my notes and thoughts. Great. Let's meet. Should we get some people together and read it? Should we, you know, and, uh, and, and it, um, I, I, I worked, I'm still working on a show, um, called welcome to the gun show, which is a, 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 a kind of song cycle where all the lyrics are Chekhov. Um, and so we've done that a couple of times and are still sort of figuring out what that wants to be. Um, so I, I've, I've had the chance and, and still have the chance to do a lot of, a lot of other projects. Um, and the, the big one that I, I'm, I'm eager to, to try to write this year is uh, It Scares Me, and that's why I need to do it. 
it's an autobiographical show that that launches from the um, my senior year of high school when I was voted most likely to succeed in the same class with LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's the greatest factoid about it's your. A, it's a good fun fact. Same high school class as LeBron James. It's, LeBron, yeah, he got best smile. He got best smile. Um, but it, I love that. It's uh, it, it would basically take that structure of what he has done since then, what I have done since then, and, and really try to 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 grapple with what is success. So you know, we said most likely to succeed back then. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? What does that have to do with being happy? What does that have to do with achieving anything? So, uh, some version of that is a thing that I think I need to write this year. So that's, um, if nothing else, by the end of 2018, I'm, I'm hoping there's a draft of that. And who knows? LeBron seems to be a pretty good actor. Maybe he, he's very good. <laughs> maybe yeah. LeBron. Maybe. Yeah. You never know. That would be the thing. I'm writing a part <laughs> we, for him. I was going to say, we will refer back to this podcast. Yes, then, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, super serious question for you right now. Are you ready for the super serious question? I'm ready. Is Lin-Manuel Miranda's phone number in your phone right now? It is. That's crazy. <laughs> that was all that question was. But really? no, no, the serious part of that was... So you've you talked about this, and I'm wondering just to kind of crystallize it here at the end. I'm wondering what you... The experience, and obviously you're still having an ongoing experience on Hamilton, but... From working with Lynn manuel Miranda, Tommy Kale, or anyone else on the show, what things, thing or things in particular, have you taken with you that you feel like, okay, as a director, this is a lesson that I keep with me, or as someone writing a show now, this is something I'm taking with me. What have you taken from from working with them in terms of your work? Uh, everything. I've been. I, I take everything. I steal every everything that I can. Um, you know the the things that come to mind are. You know, I, I I say this all the time. I think a lot of people say this. If you follow Lin Manuel on Twitter, you, you do have a pretty good sense of who he is. I promise. <laughs> um, and he really is like that. And and so, um, you know, what I mean to say by that is, you know, the, you know, his. His kindness, his compassion, his, um, you know, how much he is, you know, a fan and a, you know, cheering for everyone to do well. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is, that is how he is. And um, the, what that, you know, connects to and, and, and is the real answer, I think, to the question is pretty early on in, in working with Tommy. And Tommy and I did a show called Magic Bird about Larry Bird and Magic Johnson on Broadway before we did Hamilton. And... You know, I certainly it's 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 part of you know why I have my job. I know is, is because we get along this way. But pretty early on, I was I was able to recognize that oh, Tommy's style of directing and the way that he works is exactly exactly how I am, am trying to work. It's exactly what I am the, the kind of way the kind of way that I want to work. Which is thrilling, was thrilling, is thrilling because it means that I don't have to fake anything. I don't have to, I don't have to be a certain way because it's Tommy's direction and I'm working on Tommy's show. I can just be myself because it's that's you know a what the show needs, but but b what I you know what I'm interested in, in doing. And so, you know, Tommy has spoken about all of this uh, much more eloquently than I will. But the the belief that that great art does not have to be created in a cauldron that uh that we need not you know 
be angry or be you know bitter or be frustrated in order to make something that is of value um, that it can actually be made with with real care and with real love um, is something that that was true all along and, and still is and and it's a huge it's a huge part of what I feel responsible for now as we welcome company members and create companies who who knows where they were when we were making this thing? A lot of them were in college, um, and, which keeps you know keeps keeps me feeling feeling ever older. Um, and and they don't know, you know, they they weren't there, and so they come to this thing, you know, thinking whatever they're thinking about Hamilton, and and I, you know, I it's a it's a great, um, it's one of the best parts of my job is, you know, from the audition process to the rehearsal process to the process of being in the show. To, to really make sure, no, yeah, no, it, it really is like this, that we've got your back, we're here to support you. Um, we want to create the conditions in which everyone can come to work and be happy and, and do their best work. And that, that's, how, that's how we made this thing and that's how we keep, keep making it. Um, and that's something that I, you know, it's a, uh, I'm so grateful for that in, in taking it to, to all my other work because... You know, whoever I work with, whether they're writers or they're producers or, or whoever they are, if if they try to start to take things down a certain, you know, like I I can say no, no, it doesn't it doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to do that. We can we can really, you know, this can be as much about you know the humanity of who we are, and 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 in fact, you know, really the best work is going to come out of that because mm-hmm. the work is always going to be hard it's enormously difficult mm-hmm. it's going to be hard you're going to get frustrated there's going to be bad days you don't you know you don't need to lean into that <laughs> in order to right. to achieve something and so um, th- that's that's also I think a big part of why I'm still with the show and why I I see myself sticking around for, for a while is I don't feel like I have to be someone I'm not I'm, I'm still f- fully who I am as a director you know in this role and and you know, I think I'm better at it now than I was a year ago, and I think the show continues to offer me the chance to be better at it. You know, the, the longer I do it. Patrick Vassell, our food is here. Our food is here. This was awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much. Yeah. Best of luck with the speeches this weekend. Thank you. Thank you. With a side of knowledge is a production of the Office of the Provost at the University of Notre Dame. For more, visit provost.nd.edu/podcast.